0: Uh, My name is Darren Davis. For those of you that don't know me, senior leader here at the harbor. We're going to jump into the word. We've been in a series on margin. Going to continue that today as we take a a, a look into creating margin in our lives for the sake of fruitfulness. Everybody say fruitfulness. That's what God called us to be in the world, in the earth. And so we're going to take a look at that. Sam last week spoke on life is difficult, but trust in Jesus. And I'm going to in some ways follow suit with that, Um, just kind of going in and talking about what I'm titling this morning, What is the Big Idea? And what I'm going to kind of focus on today is that God has some big ideas to use you in a specific way to impact this world. Say amen. Both individually and collectively, we have been called to bring impact to the world because we are better together. God is doing something, I loved what Wendy had to say, he's doing something so profound, pulling us out of isolation, setting us into key relationships with one another so that together we could accomplish stuff that we could never accomplish on our own. If you believe that, say amen. It's so good what God is up to right now in the world. And I want to start off, by just showing you the scripture, just, this is going to set the tone for everything I'm going to talk about this morning. I believe with all of my heart that God has some really good plans for our future, for our tomorrow. Look at this with me. This is an Old Testament. I, I pulled an Old Testament verse out just to just to show you how God's heart is so for this. I could have used the New Testament one, but I, I was like, man, even in the Old Testament. Look at this. Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and hope. I'm going to read that again. So it settles into your soul. I know. The plans that I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good to give you a future and a hope. It's not one that's filled with disaster. God has good stuff in store for us. Now, we know that the collective big idea, if you've been around here for any length of time, the collective big idea for us as a harbor community, as a harbor family is to see transformed people transform culture. And that's not just words. We really believe that. We really believe that the blood of Jesus can truly change our lives. And that as our lives are changed and we go out in our spheres of influence, we can actually leaven those spaces to see transformation happen there. This right here is a time of equipping, encouraging, edification, but we are called to go out there into the world and make a difference. Just recently, Wendy and I were at the One Hope celebration. I see Rob here this morning, and I was hearing testimony of what's taking place around the world. Simply by the power of God's Word. Tanya was talking about that in her announcement. There's something so powerful about the Word of God that's been backed by the blood of Jesus that it is going to get the fruit of the reward of His suffering. And I was seeing it happening through his ministry. By the way, if you're looking for a place to give monies into a powerful ministry that's touching the lives of the next generation, One Hope, write it down, is a great organization to get get and be involved in a part of. And they've been a blessing to us. We wouldn't even be here as a church if it wasn't for them. They helped us so much in the early days. We are transforming people, transforming culture. But let's pull it down a little bit to you. Because here's what I want to do for our next few minutes. I want to speak to your heart. And I'm praying that God would stir and provoke and do something profound here this morning. My question for you is, what is the big idea for your life that fits into the big idea that we are collectively called to do? That's the question. You see, over 25 years, it's, it's, it's process to discover the answer to that question. But over 25 years, I have come to a conclusion And this is what I'm going to give myself to for the big idea that God's called me to express within my lifetime. And it's three things. To communicate, to create, and to commission. Let me explain that. To communicate. I believe that God has called me to be a voice. To use the words that come out of my lips by the grace of God to move things on the earth. I feel that I'm going to use This grace to do more in the days ahead than I've ever done up to this point, number one. Number two, I believe that I'm called to create, create a kingdom culture. The values of of the kingdom through the study of the scriptures that even with my voice and this creation that we're going to begin to shape environments and atmospheres starting here at the harbor and then going beyond. And lastly is to commission, to identify, resource, and empower leaders. So what's the big idea for you? You can nail it down to something that simple with your life may look completely different, but you need to begin to get language for what you believe God has called you to do. Now, in this process of discovery that takes place over time, there are two kind of uh, sides to this, this whole thing that I'm presenting this morning concerning what's the big idea, we have to, number one, and just, just to take notes and make this practical for you, and we're going to get into real practice at the end. But there needs to be time given to discover the big idea for each of our lives. Listen, if you don't take the time, you're never going to be able to discover what God has for you. Does that make sense? And then secondly, time needs to be given to actually execute this big idea. So it's discovering and execution. Faith and faithfulness. It's not one or the other. It's not just doing, and it's not just discovering. It's both together under the grace of God. Is this making sense? So time in God's presence. Listen, I'm not talking about fabricating our own ideas. I could go on and on for for hours this morning if I was to tell you of things that happened to me in the presence of God over 25 years that begin to give clarity to me for the big idea that God had for me to bring to the table. And to be bold and to be unashamed of that call over my life. But I had to get into the presence of God. There's something, that's why, more than anything else, you know, even if you don't understand, it, even if you've never been in a meeting like this, we want to set things up where you come into this space and you're like, man, if nothing else you walk away with, you go, man, those guys were real, they were authentic, and I felt something different in their presence because God was showing up. Because when you get in the presence of God, he can take in two minutes what you would spend 20 years or 50 years in your own strength trying to cultivate in your own power. One moment can just change everything for you. It's in the presence of God. Now, here's what we need to, to realize and recognize. It's the elephant in the room, and we need to call it for what it is. We are trying to shape this. I'm trying to shape this kind of culture, but we live in counter-cultural reality called this world, right? And it's one that's filled with two things. Busyness, come on South Floridians. Busyness and challenges. Samuel spoke on that last weekend. These are two major hindrances to us even coming close to discovering the big idea that God has for our lives. And I don't know about you, I am over being on the rat wheel or hamster wheel. Maybe it's it's supposed to be called hamster wheel, right? I just envisioned a rat on that thing. Anyhow, the hamster wheel of busyness and, and folding under any and every challenge that may come my way. Those days... Are over, and if you're with me, say amen. And here's what I want to do I want to I I just set this up. I want to say with, with, with passion this morning we should never allow either busyness or challenges to shape a belief system in our minds and in our hearts that actually come and diminish the impact that each and every one of us were called to do. That's what happens. You get in a busy lifestyle and you start going through challenges and you start shaping a belief system that diminishes the impact that you were actually called to make. And you don't even know that it happened. I can get around people. I can start talking to them. I start hearing the languages coming out of their mouth and I'm like, oh my gosh. There it is. There's a belief system that's been fashioned because they're in, in a busy life or they've been through a bunch of challenges. So we're going to go ahead and start off this morning. I'm going to do a two-fold thing. I'm going to set up a belief system that is functional, that is healthy, that relates to us actually bringing impact to the world. And then I'm going to give you some practical things to walk out of here with this morning. If you like that, say amen. Come on. All right? So we're going, to, we're going to shape this belief system that we are actually called to make a difference in the world. This is not about just going to heaven. It's called living heaven right now here on the earth and bringing change with our lives with every single person that we meet every single day. When we go to heaven, we just step from life into more life. But I don't want to get there, or nor should you, and look back on, on, the, on this time that we had on the planet and go, man, I could have done so much more. It could have been so much more impactful. But I got in the rat wheel of busyness, and I went through challenges, and something shut me down theologically that kept me from being on fire for God and for the purposes of God while I lived my life on the earth. Let it never be so. Of us sitting in this room, of the hundreds watching us all over the world on live stream today, to those that will listen to this message in the future, let it not be so. So look with me, Genesis chapter 3. Context here. Fall of man has just taken place. And the Lord begins to speak in verse 16. He addresses three people. He addresses... The woman he dresses, Adam, he dresses Satan himself. And here's what he says. He said, then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband. Man, I got a witness right there. But he will rule over you. Some good theology right here. <laughs> Verse 17. Then Adam to Adam he says, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and you've eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, and in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Now it gets better. Verse 18. Well, it will grow thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat of its grains. No gluten free here. Can I get an amen? And by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. If you were made from dust and from dust, you will return. I feel like jumping off a bridge after reading those verses. Darren, I thought you were going to talk about impact and give us hope for our tomorrow. Reading those verses has gotten me depressed. But hold on. To find a proper context, everybody say context, for 6 through 19, you need to reverse and look at verses 14 and 15. So let's go there. Then the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you. Are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild, and you will crawl on your belly, grovelling in the dust as long as you live. Now, here is what's amazing. I am going to stop there, and I am going to get into fifteen as well. But what's amazing is in the Old Testament. You have to understand this: there are New Covenant theological verses positioned there. That are type and shadow of the gospel, the good news. Everybody say good news. Because in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of busyness, there is good news speaking to our hearts, calling us to make an impact. And if we look at the word of God through the wrong lens, you will miss, even in the Old Testament and even in the New. sometimes, type and shadow of the good news, the gospel of what Christ accomplished for us and here it is. Because he's telling the devil, and he's not telling humanity. He said, he said, At the end of the day, he said, you are the one that is cursed right now. And you are the one that is going to crawl on his belly, leveled of authority, leveled of authority, unless it's, he's propped up by us believing in his lies. Let's let the snake stay on the ground. Don't prop him up. Snakes were never meant to stand. They don't have legs, right? So he's meant to crawl on his belly. And then he says, you will grovel in the dust as long as you live, inferring that one day he will cease to live. He will cease to exist. We were created to live forever. He, because of this, has been stripped of his authority. He is cursed. And he will crawl on his belly as long as he lives until he one day ceases to exist. Which we're going to all be a part of. See, when I even think of death, hell, and the grave, I remind myself. And I remind him of who that space is actually reserved for. The Lord continues, and he says in verse 15, oh, it gets better, this is amazing. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Now, you got to catch this definition because this is massively important. Hostility means conflict, Opposition or resistance to a thought or a principle. I'm going to say that again. Hostility is conflict, opposition, or resistance to a thought or to a principle. And here's the issue. And this is what's happening right now on the earth. There is hostility right now. Between the offspring of the adversary and the offspring of the woman. Talking about Mary who produced Jesus. Starting first with him, which we then become the the multiplicity of of the firstborn among many, many brethren. So he came into the earth and we now are coming from him because of what we believe he said. Alright? So there's this, this hostility, thought and principle. In fact you got to understand, it's, it's, it's really about what we've bought into, it's, it, and it's so distorted. It's like, you know, human beings are not the offspring of the adversary at all. We are created in the image of God. Do you understand that? So when he's referring to that, he's talking about what we've actually come to believe. And that's why when he was having opposition with the Pharisees who were standing in, 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 in direct opposition with what Jesus was bringing to the earth, and, and they wouldn't yield to the truth that he was up to, he said, listen... You guys are so passionate, and I love it. You'll go here and there to try to make one convert, but because of what you believe, they become, he said this, twice the sons of hell that you actually are. Your ceiling becomes their, their floor. Your belief system goes to even a greater level in them. Oh, hear my passion. This is why I'm so just, I'm so just overcome by God that we have to shape a proper theology in church. We have to get to the gospel again. We have to get back to the blood of Jesus. We have to get back to what this thing is all about. We have to see things through a proper perspective once again or we're not going to have fruitfulness in the world, right? I was thinking about, man, the gospel not only paid for our salvation and we get to go and spend eternity with Jesus forever, but it also paid for wholenesses in our marriage, It paid for beautiful relationships with our kids. It also means that we can be some of the best employees that somebody hires. Come on, the gospel expands into many more spaces than we even realize. And when it does, it will provoke jealousy actually in others. They're going to be like, I want to be like you. Come on, y'all. If we're broken, why is anybody going to sign up for this thing called Christianity? They're going to look at our life and go, man, if that's all it's about, so God is bringing wholeness to us, and it's coming through what we believe. There's hostility taking place in the earth right now. So what you know, you know, what we need to do. We need to repent. You know what repent means? It means to change the way you think. Look it up in the Greek: metanoia. Change the way you think. Change what you believe. Take those lies and replace them with the truth. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Take those lies and replace them with truth. Pull down the strongholds of those ungodly belief systems and lift Jesus up and put him right back on top of that mountain where he belongs. Because when he gets up on that mountain, when he is lifted up, he will begin to draw all men unto himself. It says that even the nations, even the kings, will come to the mountain of God, to the brightness of the rising on God's people, as we discover the gospel again. Whew. So in the latter part of Genesis, we see the good news in, in verse 15. The latter part of verse three. Verse 15, chapter 3, it says, He oh, I love this. I love this uh, this language that so just just gives us a picture. He says, He will strike your head, and you will some I say bruise his heel. There is a fight, there is difficulty, there is challenge, but his head, what he's saying out of his belief system will be struck. Can you see that? So if we could go back through verses 3, 3, 16 through 19 and look at them through the lens of 14 and 15, you'll have a whole different perspective. For example, and I've been here, guys. I have been here. I'm not there now, thank God, but I've been there. Like, for example, verse 16. I could say, well, the dream that I'm carrying, this pregnancy, it's just too painful. Come on, you ever had something in your heart and you just didn't feel like it could ever be realized? And you're almost like, I wish I never even had it. I wish it wasn't even in me. But yet you got it in you and you can't get rid of it. You can't remove it. It's there. And I just sometimes go, oh, it's just too painful. Because I can't break through the oppression that I feel that is ruling over me. Listen to me and listen to me well the stuff that's on the inside of you, if you're experiencing a fight with that, that should only confirm even the more that what you have is actually something that's very valid. So what you say in return is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What about the next one? What if, what if we, because we can't really get there, we start engaging in passive-aggressive maneuvering to control our oppressor? Like the woman married to this controlling man. Man, if i, I got to passively and aggressively control my maneuvering to, to, to somehow come underneath, out from underneath this, this oppression. Listen, Jacob tried that, and it didn't work. It wasn't until he laid his head on that pillow at Bethel and then the whole thing opened up for him and he sees, oh my God, all the stuff that I was trying to do, it wasn't working. But it's because I didn't have the presence of God in what I was trying to do. And and now I see that he was always with me. He was always in the space and I just needed to lean to him. Where now we could say, Lord, what you began in me, you will bring to completion. Come on, somebody. If God said something over your life, he's going to bring it to the finish line. You just have to get into a place of awareness where you see that that's actually reality for you. Get back into the presence of God where you're like, oh my God, you're you're totally with me. I thought you had completely abandoned me. Oh, That's where you need to read verses like, if I make my bed in the highest of heaven, you're there. But also, if I'm making my bed in the depths of hell, you're there with me as well. Come on. God will take even the worst things that happen to your life and he'll turn them for the ultimate good. That's the gospel. The enemy thinks he has an upper hand on you and he'll work that thing and you'll come out even better than you were before. Come on, somebody. What about this one? Verse 17 through 19. Oh, the ground's just too hard. It's cursed. It's filled with thorns and thistles. South Florida, it's too tough, too expensive, too whatever. Come on, fill in the blank. Really? For Jesus? (laughs) Oh, come on. Instead, we should be saying every place that the sole of our feet step on, you have given that place to me. Come on, the gateway cities of the earth are the Lord's. We're not trying to run to smoke a cord-cob pipe in Tennessee and just sit on our front porches and just, you know, eat moon pies for the rest of our life. As much as I love going to those places, seeing the fall leaves, come on somebody. Having some good barbecue, have someone call me sir and actually say thank you when I do something nice for them. But we're here. And this city is Jesus's. Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm Beach is the Lord's. Come on. What about this one? Well, I guess I'm just going to have to grind it out in my life. Working the land with my knuckles bleeding, trying to just get a meager portion of food to eat. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the the land that I'm trying to cultivate to eat is eventually going to eat me. How about this? I will live and I will not die. Even if you bruise My heel, I will crush your head. Well, Darren, that's pretty arrogant. Really? You remember the the, the, the scripture in Romans 16, New Testament, New Covenant theology? Paul, using the illustration of Jesus, says to his church, he says, but everyone knows that you are obedient To the Lord, this makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing what is right and stay innocent of doing what is wrong. There's the thought process right there. So notice the language. Obedient, wise in doing all of this under the grace of God. And then he says in verse 20, then may the God of peace. come on, come on, come on, come on. Crush Satan underneath your feet. So here, here's the deal. We're going to hand out communion here in a minute because we're going to take of the blood of Jesus. But, But I need to give you something practical to walk away with here this morning, all right? So pay attention even as you're taking that cup and that bread. Here's the deal. We all need, because let's get honest, we all need the grace of God to carve out margin time that we are giving ourselves to every day with our work, right? Our study, our home responsibilities. Anybody else have home responsibilities besides me? Dishes, laundry, grocery, shopping, yard work. (laughs) What about social stuff, birthday parties, uh, baby dedications, graduations? Is that go on in your world or are you just ooh, floating around in heaven come on some right uh, what about family stuff kids practices recitals school events so to be obedient to use wisdom and to stay in the grace flow oh, hear me this is real quick You are going to need margin time to do two things to discover and to execute. Discover and to execute. In God's presence. Here's the deal. And listen to this over and over. Go back, listen to this message. When you begin, don't go swinging for the fence just show up at the ballpark every single day. Come on. Come on. I'm this way. I'm being honest. I'm going to confess. When I think about, you know, diet, I'm like, only water for a hundred days. You know, no food. Maybe then no water even as well. And that lasts like not even a day. Come on. Because I'm a home run kind of guy. You know what I mean? I like home runs. But God likes us just to be in the park sometimes. You know what I mean? And you just got to show up. Show up. Consistency, hear me, over time builds increased capacity. And I'm talking in the grace of God. Some people look at me, Darren, man, you have all this responsibility, not half as much as Rob Hoskins, but trust me, the, we no one gets to those spaces overnight. If I actually think about too much in my flesh with all that I'm responsible for, I could have a meltdown. But God progressively got me there through increased capacity by the grace of God. That's why when you get pregnant, you got nine months. The baby just doesn't come out a teenager. Yeah. I thought when they were out of the house I would have less problems. For those of you that aren't there yet, let's talk. It just gets more complex, right? Beautifully. You see we're creating a whole new culture and how we're going to live in the will of God. If you remember Jesus, not my will. Yours be done. He's sweating what? Drops of blood from where? Come on, from where? The forehead. Drops of blood in the most trying time of his life. He had built capacity in the will of God over years. And out of him began to pour blood into the earth to break that curse 2,000 years ago so that we could grow in our capacity. There's no limit to what you carry. There's, oh, you, we way sell ourselves short. A couple of quotes and we're closing. The result of poor time management will allow the urgent to consistently override what's most important. Get off that hamster wheel. It's not about doing more. It's about doing more of what matters most. The barrier to a meaningful life is not having enough things to do. It's being overcommitted. So as we take communion, because this is what the blood of Jesus is paid for, I have some homework for you and I'm really serious about this as your pastor. I want you to write up as you get in the presence of Jesus a to-do list of what you're to give yourself to in the coming days even in the midst of your busy schedule and the only way that you can get there is you need to write up as well a not-to-do list. You can't have a to-do list unless you have a not-to-do list. In fact, maybe just start with the not-to-do list. All the things you're not going to do anymore. Secondly, you need to discipline yourself to say no to many small things so that you can begin to say yes to big things. Number three, begin investing your best in what matters most. And then daily, I want you to remind yourself that you're not called to do a lot of things okay, but you're called to do a few things Very well. Harbor model is simple: church gatherings and engagement, intimacy, and identity, resulting in impact. We've had people come. All these ideas of what to do for ministry here. Appreciate the advice, but we're like simple church: gather and engage, gather and engage, worship. Discover our identity. Gather in the presence of God. Become more aware of who we are. And then go give it away to the world. Super simple. Lord, 2,000 years ago, a body was broken blood was spilled and a side was pierced the water around the city speaking of the resurrection that was to come but also was present now even Roman centurions disciplined as good soldiers never breaking protocol declared with their lips truly this must have been the son of God of the blood and the power of a broken body to transform the most hardened heart who previously was spitting in his face and mocking him calling him you the king of the Jews talk about impact he wasn't known he wasn't famous he wasn't even revered fell on their face as if dead men in the presence of almighty God including John when he was taken up to heaven and saw this one for who he truly is Lord may we see you today for that I'm almost done, pray with me Lord restore all awe to the church again restore all to our hearts God let us never grow cold of our first love Lord of what you've done let us see the gospel afresh today Let us rise up out of any ashes, brokenness, incarceration. And let us find beauty and wholeness and freedom in the name of Jesus. And then bring that to other people. as we do go ahead and take we remember today what it's all about it's not about a cracker and a cup filled with juice it's about the son of God who came to change the earth this gateway city be a gateway for the gospel This lighthouse and lighthouse point that shines the brightest in all the world is only but a reflection of what we are called to be. by you you are the lover of our souls you are the one who watches out over our souls you are the one that knows our busyness you are the one that knows our difficulties and yet you always continue to pursue us you continue to pull us out of our theology that we've projected because of our experiences and you've brought us back again and again and again to the truth of the gospel are a good Father, and we worship you. Come on, everybody in this room. We worship you. We adore you. We revere you. We say you are worthy. Come on, church. You are worthy to receive all the praise and all the glory and all the blessing and all the honor forever and forever. Amen. Can we give the Lord a huge hand clap of praise today? It well with my soul and with yours as our ministry teams come we're going to go ahead and dismiss but I encourage you to come receive ministry today if you don't know Jesus come and have a conversation if you're conflicted in your heart come and have a conversation if you need healing in your body come and have a conversation God bless you guys we'll see you next weekend